the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze coming to you from my social distance office during the COVID-19 situation, running our essential services to our customers. While we're being encouraged to keep our distance, I'll be staying away from our studios so I can do my part in keeping others and myself free from exposure. So I've handpicked some of my favorite programs to share with you during the weeks ahead. I've enjoyed hearing them again, and I'm sure you will too. Stay safe, stay well, and stay with God. This is the Sue Free Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. And before we get started, I just want to say a quick prayer because, you know, God says to pray without ceasing. What does that mean to you? I know what it means to me. It means that no matter what you're doing, whether you're walking, whether you're, well, not when you're sleeping, really, but when you're walking, when you're thinking, when you have a break and you're just breathing, we should be thanking God. And, and, you know, he says, ask and you shall receive. So we need to ask him. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be the simplest of prayers. And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. It can be just simple. Lord, can you please help me with this right now? That's simple, right? All right. So dear Heavenly Father, please help me with this right now. Lord, just help me have your words. That the words that come out of my mouth be your words. Give me discernment to know what to say, what not to say. And... For the ears to hear, and not only hear, but Lord, that life change happens, that transformation happens, because what good is it, Lord, to listen, to hear, and do nothing? Lord, so I just ask that you give people the courage, the ears to hear, and the courage to do whatever it is that you're wanting them to do, Lord. And we lift all this up to you in your precious name. Amen. See, that wasn't that hard, was it? Very simple, simple prayer. All right, so today we're going to be talking about worry because it's unhelpful and it's unnecessary, but we all do it, right? We all do it. All right, so into the Sufri show for today. And uh, can any of you live a bit longer by worrying about anything? Does it prolong? Does it make your life longer? There are studies that say that it could make it shorter because stress can cause your heart rate to beat faster and your blood pressure to go up and it's just stressful and stress is not a good thing for our bodies and so you know the lord says in philippians he says be anxious for nothing be anxious for nothing i had to like hang on to that scripture so often i had to keep reminding myself have you ever had to do that i had to keep reminding myself to be anxious for nothing because as young married young mother I remember those and an entrepreneur and uh, being in business and learning this new business. I have to tell you, there was a lot of anxiousness going on in this heart and in this mind. 
and a lot of sleepless sleepless nights. And sleepless nights don't help you either. We need our sleep. We need good food. We need to drink a lot of water. Those are just the simple things that we can do, and it helps our health. So it's no secret that we worry a lot. We worry about money. We worry about relationships. We worry about our children, our house, our pets. We worry about just about everything. But worry isn't new. Jesus thought worry was such an important topic that he spent a major section of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, talking about worry. In fact, in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us the four reasons we should never worry about anything. This article was written by Rick Warren. Not going to take credit for it. Uh, Rick Warren wrote this, and uh, it's really good. So, first, worry is unreasonable. Worry doesn't make sense in Matthew 6.25. Jesus says this, Do not be worried about the food and drink you need in order to stay alive or about clothes for your body. After all, isn't life worth more than food? And isn't the body worth more than clothes? Worry exaggerates the problem. Problems don't shrink when you think about them. They grow. I remember counseling a long time ago, and the marriage counselor says, what you focus on comes to be, whatever you focus on. So if you're focusing on the fear of divorce or of of whatever it might be, I'm not going to make up things right now because we don't need to put that negativity in your brain, do we? But whatever you're focusing on will happen. So I made a decision personally when I was told that, and I said, oh, well, if that's true in the negative, then obviously that could be true in the positive too right? Yeah. So what we believe we will achieve, what we focus on will come to be. So ask yourself, what are you believing? What do you want? What do you think God wants? And what are you focused on? I'm going to stop there because I do that. (laughs) I ask the Lord to guide me, right? He is right now in my mind, Uh, reminded me of something, and so I'm going to speak it. I was listening to a, I was actually watching today at work when I was preparing for this, um, a YouTube channel on a gentleman by the the name of Ed Milet. And Ed was talking about why people are unhappy and what's the biggest thing that causes unhappiness. And this was so aha moment for me. It was an aha moment because I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. What he was saying is we become unhappy because we compare. The word compare is what causes us to be unhappy. Think about this. He spent a a whole hour on this. And so I'm not going to spend an hour on this. But I just want you to think about this. Is that people, when they compare like if they've been married more than once, their first marriage versus their second marriage or last year versus this year where we are in our lives or, you know, that's just internally with our own lives. You know, I really enjoyed that period of time more than this period of time. And we're comparing that time with this time. Well, newsflash. Okay. Whatever was, was whatever is, is, and whatever will be, will be. So, We are to focus on what we have right now, and he's saying, he meaning God, is saying, give thanks in all things. 
that we need to be thankful for where we are right now. We need to be thankful for what we have right now. And ask the Lord to provide and to, to direct our path. And when we do that, we can stop comparing. Because comparing does nothing positive for you or for me. And that was such a light went on because I was thinking about my life and thinking about when I felt depressed, when I felt down, and I evaluated and analyzed it within minutes and went, you know what? There is such truth in that statement and in that that reality is that what you believe is your reality, even if it's really not true reality, it's your reality. We have a choice, don't we? We have a choice on how we deal with something. It's not what comes at us that defines who we are. It's how we think about it, how we address it, and what lessons we learn from it, and what we do moving forward from it. Now, that was a golden nugget. Thank you, God. That was a golden nugget right there. It's not what happens to you. It's not. It's not what happens to you. It's what hap- It's what you do with that. You know? Are you learning from it? Or are you just ugh, comparing your, your life right now against something else or someone else? You know, you look on Facebook. This is, this is a killer. We view on Facebook and we see this person's going on this magnificent trip and here we are stuck at work. And we're going, dang, I wish I had that life. Or, oh, man, I, you know, I just love that. And it's not that we don't want these people to travel and have a good time. It's just when we look at their life and look at ours, we're comparing and we get down. See, I want that. I want to do that. I want to be there. And it causes us to not be content. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. Thank you, San Diegans on KPRZ, KDAR, The Word in Ventura, KUHL in Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo. And I'm missing somebody, and I don't know who. Anyway, thank you, Orange Countyans, for KKLA listening in. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to get back to this. Worry is unreasonable. That's number one. Worry doesn't make sense. Do not be worried about the food and drink. We already said that, right? Are you worried about your food? Are you worried about your drink? Are you worried about the clothes you're wearing or what clothes you'd like to have and you don't? And that person over there versus you comparing? I like what they have over there versus what I have over here. It's not healthy, is it? It's not a healthy situation and it does nothing but cause unhappiness. Second, worry is unnatural. We're the only creation in the entire universe that worries. What? Cows don't worry. Cats don't worry. Dogs don't worry. Just humans do. We weren't born worriers. We learned how to do it. Isn't that interesting? We learned how to worry. Jesus says in Matthew 6:26, "Look at the birds. They do not plant seeds." gather a harvest, and put it in the barns, yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth much more than birds? Birds don't do anything except birdie things. They tweet, they fly around, but they don't sow or reap. Yet God still feeds them. 
If God feeds the birds, he'll feed you. So why worry? Isn't that good? Why worry? Now, on another note, early bird gets the worm. That's not biblical. My mom used to say that all the time. But isn't it true? There's people that I know that they might say, oh, God will take care of it. But yet they're sitting on the couch watching TV. And I'm like, you're asking a bit much, don't you think? I mean, get off your bum. Get off your bum. Do something. Maybe that's you. If it's you, all right, get off your bum. God will take care of us. But it doesn't mean we don't need to take care of us, too. You know, let's do our part. Let's do our part because God gave us a brain. He gave us the ability. So let's use it. That wasn't Rick Warren. That was the phrase, by the way. Third, worry is unhelpful. Jesus says, can any of you live a bit longer by worrying about it? Matthew six twenty seven. Can we prevent an accident from happening by worrying about it? No. Worry can't make you one inch taller. Worry can't make you one inch shorter. Worry can't take 10 inches off your waist, darn. Worry can't lengthen your life, though it can shorten it. Worry cannot change the past, and worry cannot control the future. It'll just mess up today. And that's so true, too. That is so true. I just, I, I just had a flashback. The only thing that worry changes is you. It makes you miserable. So ask yourself, do you want to be miserable? And do you have a choice in being miserable or not being miserable? Some people don't realize they have a choice. Some people just think it's miserable and I'm unhappy and there's nothing I can do about it. I disagree with that. I so disagree with that. Are you comparing? Are you thankful? If you are miserable, if you're unhappy, what is it that you can do differently to change that? Sometimes it's just between your ears. It's your thought process. You know, sometimes there's a reason for us to be unhappy and and sad. You know, when I had my accident with my leg, which, by the way, my leg is reoccurring right now, and I'll give you a little um, update on my leg. And I'm going to do it right now so I can remember where I am. I'm going to put my finger on my notes. So this last weekend, I uh, attended a Fresno dance convention, and it happened to be the last convention. And the person who puts this on, his name is Steve Zener, and he's going to be on my show And I think it's going to be probably the most popular show I've probably ever had because this man is probably the most loved man that I know because he's so kind and so caring to anybody and everybody. Everybody that knows him, that has experienced him, feels like they're in the family, like the inner circle. He just is interested in everybody. And I've learned so much by watching him and by just having a a friendship with him. He's just amazing. And those of you that know him, you know what I'm talking about. You just feel like you're there, his special friend. And he makes everybody feel that way. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's a gift. <laughs> it's a total gift. So he's been doing this dance festival 
for 35 years. And this was his last one. And he said he wanted to to end on his terms and on top. And I thought, what a great way to go out is on top. And uh, he, he, he called the shots. I mean, he went all out and he went, it was crazy fun. Oh my gosh. Everybody that went had a great time. Whew, it was awesome. But on a personal note, in 2011 is when I had my leg accident. And he always has his event over Memorial Weekend. And he asked me to be in this little skit-like thing, and it had to do with legs. And before my accident, I had nice legs. I did. People used to tell me all the time that I had nice legs. They're legs. But people said they were nice. All right. They're dancer legs. So it was three weeks before my accident that I had um, some photos done from this skit that had to do with legs. And it happened to be my right leg, which is the leg I have my metal plate and 10 pins in now. So it was basically the last picture I had in nylons with a dress with my leg being pretty or nice. And then after that, three weeks later, I was thrown off of a horse and shattered my leg and have a scar from the middle of my calf, not calf, but my shin, all the way up to the middle of my knee and have a metal plate and 10 pins in there. And at the time, if you're new to the show and new to my story, I will fill you in. Um, The surgeon said, I'm going to try to put you together again. And I said, I'm 50 years old. I think at the time I was 50, something around there. Um, I'm 50 years old. You don't understand. I might be 50, but I am a young 50, and I have a lot of life left. I'm going to live to 107, so it's not a matter about just learning how to walk again, and I don't want to be, like, on a walker. Not that it's a bad thing. My walker was my best friend for a long time. But I, I said, I have a lot of life left in me, and I want to do more than just walk. And I had tears in my eyes, and my throat was – it's closing up right now just remembering – but I said, I, I want to dance again because I dance competitively and perform. And I said, you don't understand. He says, I'll do my best, but I can't promise you anything. So that was in 2011. So here we are, 2019. He told me after the surgery, Sue, I've probably given you five years on this leg. I probably put you together for five years. So that would have been 2016. And he goes, and then you're going to need to come in here and you're probably going to need an artificial knee. Well, that didn't please me. And uh, about three years ago, I went back into him, which is about almost, you know, I was around the five year or the four year year mark. And he goes, let me look at your knee because my son went in for a shoulder surgery. And he says, let me see your leg. And he goes, whatever you're doing, keep doing and come see me in another five. And I went, oh, my gosh, you're kidding. Really? He goes, yeah. He goes, do you have any pain? I said, no. I'm doing the splits. I'm kicking my leg way up over my head. I'm dancing, dancing, dancing. And thank you. Thank you for fixing my leg the way you did. And there were two surgeons in my leg for six hours. And it was on Father's Day in 2011. So fast forward to this last weekend. I danced and danced and danced. Two-step, West Coast, nightclub, and I was in competitions, and I was uh, in the finals in competition, and then they had the special thing. And then Steve, 
Zener asked me to do this leg thing again. And I wore black nylons to kind of cover up my scar and everything. But he wanted me in high heels. Well, I don't do high heels anymore. I haven't done high heels because it's hard on my leg. And after all that dancing, my leg was hurting so bad I was in tears. And I was taking uh, numbing medication of all kinds just to be able to walk. But I did it. I walked across there and uh, we took pictures again. And in my mind, nobody knew but me. But in my mind, I'm thinking... This might be it, Sue. Steve's going out on top on his own terms, and I'm going out because I'm going to need an artificial knee, and I don't know if I'll be able to dance anymore. So I'm going to enjoy it, enjoy it as much as I can. And I'm limping now. I use my crutches today, which I haven't done. It was like memories going back to crutches because my leg hurts a lot. And I'm waiting for the swelling to go down because I have to go see the surgeon. And I know I won't do anything until the swelling goes down. But I went crazy. I totally went crazy. And it could be that I went crazy, that it's going to just go back and I'll be okay. Or what he said is is going to happen. Is it going to help me to worry about that? I mean, is it going to help? Is it going to prolong anything? Is it going to keep my knee working for me? No, it's not. I have to say, no worry. Be anxious. Don't worry. Because it's not going to help me anyway. There are positive things I can do, like stay up, put my leg up, ice it, which I did. I went to a garage sale and I got an icing machine. So I'm icing it, and that's wonderful. Ice is a wonderful miracle uh, healer. So with all that being said, um, interesting. And I wanted to share that with you because... This is Sue Freeze going forward now. I'm not sure what's going to happen with me. And, uh, you know, I might be coming in here in a wheelchair, might be coming in here with a walker. And I was thinking about it on the way up. I'm like, oh, I'm walking today limping. Everybody goes, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm limping. But I'm, I have, I'm pulling my little bag that I carry with me. And the interesting thing is when you have crutches, your hands cannot be used for anything else. So if I have crutches, I'm not going to be able to do my little bag. And if I have a walker, I can't do my little bag. Now, if I'm in a wheelchair, I can put the bag on top of my... I was basically thinking about that on the way up today. So we will get back to worry and pray for me if you like. And I just wanted to share that with you. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. 
Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. coli Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. We are so appreciative for E. coli. You know, there's a big thing if you're listening to the news right now about rodents and uh, what's going on with that. And there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to get rid of a certain rodent um, product that we use because of a secondhand kill, because of the mountain lions. But when you think of homeless people and you think about schools and you think about hospitals, rodents multiply very quickly. And if we don't get control, it gets out of control. And I know in California, I've been in the business 39 years, and you don't hear a lot about plague. You don't hear a lot about typhus. You don't hear a lot about a lot of the diseases. Why? Because of the pest control companies being able to do their job. And right now, there are people thinking that they have a better solution. And I'm just here to tell you that we have problems already. And there's a couple bills up for voting on. And I'm not political, but this is affecting everybody. And because this is my industry and it's a business that I'm in, I can tell you that if we cannot use the rodenticides, if we cannot do what we do, then um, there's going to be problems. There's already problems. You hear it on the news right now with the homeless people. The rats are just, they're, we've lost control. So just know that. Anyway, so thank you, E. coli, termite, and pest control. A uh, little advertisement on this is that um, we need people. We need people that are looking for a new career. We will help you with that. It's a great career. I never in a million years thought I would be in this business, but I am, and it's been very good to me. And it's something we can lift our heads high and be proud of because we are protecting people we're protecting homes we're protecting the environment from disease from health issues we're protecting the homes from getting eaten alive by termites we have a very important position an important job roaches fleas oh nobody wants to live with that and uh, we're here to take care of it so call us Call us, and if you want to be part of our team, I hope you call us because we need people. We have seven offices. We cover from San Diego to San Luis Obispo, and we need you. We need you. You need a clean driving record. We fingerprint for FBI's fingerprint scanning to make sure that everything's okay. 
Uh, we will train you. You have to take state tests, exams. We have continuing ed. We will make sure that you have what you need in order for you to do your job and to take care of our customers. Our customers are so important to us, and we want to make sure everybody's taken care of. So call us or go to Sue Freeze or go to termitelady.com, and we'll be able to, to talk to you and, and help you in that. All right? So. The fourth one is worry is unnecessary. Jesus says, it is God who clothes the the wild grass, grass that is here today and gone tomorrow, burned up in the oven. Won't he be all the more sure to clothe you? What little faith you have, Matthew 630. God will meet your needs. He created you. He saved you. He put his spirit in you. When you placed your trust in Jesus, you don't need to worry. Remember that. You don't need to worry. It's not going to help. Let God turn your work setbacks into comebacks. Rick Warren. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They stopped worrying about catching fish and believed, and then they started catching fish. And, And the Lord told him where to cast the net. And that's when things happened. So less worry more belief, more faith, less worry, more prayer. So anytime you're worrying, what do you do? What's your choice? Can you change anything by worrying? You have to remind yourself of that because we will go there. All of us do. There's things that we worry about, but it doesn't do us any good. So we need to do something that does do us good. And what would that be? You choose. Prayer, it's a good one. Don't compare. That's another one. If you've ever felt discouraged with your work, you're in good company. Maybe you're worn out from overwork. Maybe you've put your heart and soul into a project and it simply failed. We've all faced setbacks at work, but it's what happens next that's truly important. Just ask Simon Peter and Andrew. Luke 5 tells us, that the two brothers had been out all night fishing as professional fishermen. If they didn't catch fish, they didn't make money. But in Luke 5, they'd caught nothing. To put it into modern lingo, it was as if the lake had gone into a recession. The brothers were discouraged and tired, but then Jesus comes along and does the impossible. After borrowing their boat to teach from, Jesus tells Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. That's Luke 5, 4. Simon Peter's response is typical of those times when frustration has set in. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. We've all hit this stage. We've given our work our best shot and come up empty. We've done everything right and may even believe God led us to do what we're doing but we have nothing to show for it. Then Jesus does a miracle. Jesus doesn't just meet these guys' need. He totally blows them away in the process. The Bible says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Not only do they catch enough fish for themselves, but God also gives them enough to share. After Simon, Peter, and Andrew do what Jesus tells them to do, they catch more fish in 10 minutes than they had in the previous 10 hours. 
God turns a setback into a comeback. Your comeback may be just around the corner too. Are you praying for a comeback? Are you in need of a comeback? Whether you've been without work for months or years or whether you've failed badly five times in a row, none of that matters. God can turn the faucet on quicker than it was turned off. And then you might need a bigger boat. Good decisions always agree with God's word. Rick Warren Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Psalm 119. Love that song. Do you know what I'm talking about? The song I'm talking about? It's such a good song. As the deer panteth for the water. Mm. When you need to make a decision, the first and ideal test is this. Is my decision in harmony with God's word? That's a really good question. That's a checkpoint, isn't it? What I'm doing, the decision I'm making, the choice I'm making, is this in alignment with God? Would God do it this way? Would he want me to do this? Very good question. You have to decide what's going to be your ultimate authority in life. It really boils down to this choice, God's word or the world. Are you going to base your decisions on what God says or what other people say? That's another good one. They're not always the same, are they? Are we going to please people or are we going to please God? Good question. It makes it simple, though. When you, when you define your deciders for you, it helps you with those decisions so much. If you base your life on popular opinion, you're always going to be out of date because it changes every day. What was in yesterday will not be in today, and what's in today will not be in tomorrow. If you base your life on popular culture, political correctness, or opinion polls, you will struggle because you're building on a shifting foundation. On the other hand, if you base your life on God's word, the truth never changes. Truth is always true. So if God says something was wrong 10,000 years ago, it was also wrong 500 years ago. It's wrong today, and it will be wrong 1,000 years from today. I don't care what opinion polls and political correctness and the media say. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It always has been and it always will be. If God says it's right, it will always be right. That is a solid foundation. Now, a little cliff note here. Sometimes people say to me, it's like, well, I need direction. I need to know where it is in the Bible. Have you ever had someone ask you that? Or maybe you're asking that. Maybe you're asking, where do I find that in the Bible? And it's not easy. But if you go into the back of your Bible and you look up a word, You know, like um, you're thinking about something, trust, faith, belief, death, any of those. And you look in the back, you're going to find references. You'll see the word there and you'll find references of scripture that will back that up. And it's a good way for you to read. Do me and do the Lord and do yourself a favor, though. Don't read one line, the line that is there. You have to understand the full picture. And it could be the whole chapter. It could be the paragraph, but you have to get the full sum. Example, in Ephesians 5, I think that's where it is, it talks about husbands, love your wives, and it says, wives, submit to your husbands. And if a man reads that and says, wife, look what this says, and takes that one line and says, wives, see, right here in the Bible, it says, submit to your husband. Yes, we are called 
to submit to our husbands. And the husbands are to treat their wives like God treats the church. If you read the whole chapter of five, I think it's five, I'm pretty sure, it says submit one to another. So, yes, it does say for wives to submit to their husbands. But it also says submit one to another. So don't take one line out of context and just focus on that. Get the full picture of what's being said so that you have a a complete picture and understanding so that you will face the fire or make the choice that's really accurate and right according to God's will because that's what you want, right? Being a coach when my kids were growing up, I remember referring to the Bible as being the, the game book for life. It's the book for life. It's it's It has the... Um, when you're learning a new game, I didn't play soccer in school, and here I am, the coach for soccer. And I'm like, okay, I don't know this game. So I needed the, the book. I needed the book. I need the rules. I needed to know how does this play, and what's the goal, and what, you know, what happens here. And so I had this book that would explain how to play this game of soccer. And the Bible is our explanation and our rule book for life. So if ever you have a question... You need to go to the Bible to find out. You're listening to the Sue Free Show. And I'm so thankful you're with me right now. And I just want to uh, let you know that I would love for you to connect with me. Some of you do, and I love it. I love it when we have our little conversations and you connect with me. But there's so many of you out there that don't take the time to do that. And, you know, you're missing out, but I'm missing out. And I don't want to miss out. I want to get to know you. I want to know what's going on. And, and maybe I can help. Maybe I can't. I don't have all the answers. That's for sure. But if I could help, I would want to. So go to Sue. That's easy to spell, right? S-U-E. Freeze, like fries, F-R-I-E-S, dot com. Go there and connect with me. It'll ask you for your name, your email. You don't need to give me your phone number if you don't want to. If you want to, go ahead. But connect with me. And when you do this, then I read them. There's nobody else that reads them, just me. And then we can uh, get a communication, a conversation started. And if you're needing prayer, if you're needing something, just reach out. All right? Okay. God has set up the universe with certain laws, physical, moral, and spiritual. God built the universe around these laws because they're all for your benefit. When you cooperate with the principles in this universe, you succeed. If you reject, disobey, ignore, and rebel against God's principles, you're the one who gets hurt. And usually it's not just you. There's a ripple effect that happens when we don't follow God's rules. You don't ever break God's laws. They break you. If I go up on top of a building and jump off, I don't break the law of gravity. It breaks me. The same is true with moral laws and spiritual laws. You cannot just thumb your nose at God and get away with it. There's inevitably a reckoning. Anytime you violate God's principles, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. With all this in mind, you can be confident in your decision. If God says it's okay, then you do it. If God says no, then you don't do it. 
Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Psalm 119. Check that out, would you? And that's the NIV version, New International Version. I hope that was good for you. It was definitely good for me. You have a choice in your situation. If you're down, if you're unhappy, ask yourself the question, are you comparing yourself? Are you comparing another time with this time in your life? Stephen, my uh, boyfriend, he says, today is your new best. I love that. Today is your new best. We can look at what we were like when we were 20, 25, 30, 50 versus 60 for me. Uh, You know, and today is the new best. It's your new best. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with your life? What does God want you to do with your life? Have you fulfilled your purpose on this earth that God created you for? These are very big questions. This isn't Rick Warren. This is Sue Freeze, but it's really the Lord. He's asking you these questions. He wants you to think about it. Sometimes we get so busy, and it's easier to be busy than to think and to just be still. And sometimes we need to be still, and we need to ask these questions. And the best thing for me, and probably you, is to have a notepad in front of you. And before you go to bed, have a notepad by your your bed. And when your mind is racing, or if your mind is thinking, or when you first wake up and there's something that's on your mind, jot it down. Write it down. If there's something happening, if there's a feeling that you have, and you're not sure where that feeling came from, write down your feeling. Because it'll become clear to you as you ask the Lord to reveal to you, what's going on? What's happening, Lord? What, what was that dream about? Why did I have that dream last night? Half the time I can't remember my dreams. But sometimes when I wake up, it's so vivid. And I'm like, there must be a reason why this dream was so vivid. There's a message here. I don't know what the message is. Sometimes they're really crazy. I'm like, what the heck did I watch before I went to sleep? What did I eat? I better not do that again. But seriously, there might be a message there. There might be something that God is trying to reveal to you. Make sure it's God. But write it down. Because, you know, something happens. It's like sometimes there's this flash that happens. And I talk to people about this, and we miss it. Sometimes we miss it. Like, for instance, for me, um, I'll be walking and all of a sudden a butterfly will fly by. Or I'll look at the clock and it'll say 143. And 143 means I love you in texting words. And I learned that from my kids back when we had pagers and not cell phones. But 143 means I love you. So I look at the clock and it's 143 or it's 1043. And I'm like, look at that. Of all the times I look at the clock and it happens to be 143. And I just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for telling me that you love me. It's just I looked up right then and it's God's way of saying I love you. And I know that might sound silly for some. But if we are looking for uh, just glimpses of something. I, I was with a friend of mine and she was saying that hummingbirds, that she feels like her mother is coming back and and just revealing herself in her spirit with hummingbirds. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? I think it's wonderful. Anyway, so I want to read again from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence. We do need to enjoy His peace in His presence. This is by Sarah Young. And the interesting thing about this is I opened it up, but I did not read it. 
And it seems to always go. And I don't know if it does or not this time, but in the past, it's like every time I do this over the nine years of being on the radio, it seems to go with whatever the topic is. I want to be central in your entire being. When your focus is firmly on me, my peace displaces fears and worries. They will encircle you seeking entrance. So you must stay alert. Isn't that interesting? Let trust and thankfulness stand guard. Turning back fear before it can gain a foothold. There is no fear in my love, which shines on you continually. Sit quietly in my love light while I bless you with radiant peace. Turn your whole being to trusting and loving me. Now, isn't that something? I mean, I felt in the very beginning, I felt Fears, worries, displaced, you know, just displaced. Everything is like in disarray. And here he's saying, stop, sit, listen, peace. My love light, my love light while I bless you with radiant peace. Soak that in for a second. Isn't that amazing? Whew. So now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. At all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Second Thessalonians three sixteen. And first John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. First John four eighteen. Isn't that great? Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So I will keep you tuned in to what's going to happen with my knee. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple more years. And in that, science is getting better. And the medical field and maybe even uh, artificial knees have come a long way in the borrowed time I've had from what the surgeon said. So with that, I am making a promise to myself I'm not going to worry about it, even though it's emotional and I'm not sure what the future holds. I wasn't sure the first time around either. People say, are you going to be able to? And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. God's in control. And people say, oh, are you 100%? And I say, I'm 110. I have a metal plate and 10 pens in my, my leg. So I'm 110%. But I still felt pain then. And what I would tell myself every single day, and there's somebody that needs to hear this, is that I would say every day when somebody would ask me a question about, you know, was I going to be able to do this? Was I going to be able to do that? And all I would say, how's your leg? How's your leg? And it was nice that they were asking. But I would always say, I'm getting better every day. That's what I would say. That My response was, I'm getting better every day. And I don't say that I have a bad leg. I don't have a bad leg. I have a healed leg. I don't refer to it as a bad leg. And I correct people if they say, oh, how's your bad leg? I'm like, I don't have a bad leg. And I say, I'm getting better every day. So those of you out there, I hope that helps you because it's all in what we say and what our mind hears us say. And our belief system can help us a lot on which way it's going to go. It's not what happens to us. It's how we deal with it that makes us who we are so I hope you hear what I'm saying right now 
And I'm seeing it from heartfelt, lived it, living it experience. You know, we all have a story to tell, and I'd love to hear yours. I'd love to hear your story. And if you feel your story could be an encouragement, an inspiration to others, it's time for you to get rid of feeling like someone's going to judge you or think less of you because there's somebody out there that needs to hear your story. And that person is needing to hear the story because it's going to help them pull themselves up and maybe even receive the Lord if they don't know the Lord yet. So this is a call to you to say, your secret doesn't need to be a secret anymore. You don't need to keep it quiet. You know, I've been so vulnerable on this show. I've been transparent. I've been vulnerable for a reason, because I want to help. So I'm hoping it's been a help. And if it is, connect with me. All right? I hope you connect with me. Please, please do. Until next week, God bless you. It's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.